Hello, you're listening to the Drink, Pair, Share podcast, the teacher wellbeing podcast made by teachers for teachers. So sit back, relax and join us. Okay, welcome uh, back to the Drink, Pair, Share podcast. Um, I, I wanted to make sure I said that properly this time because I don't know if you've listened back to the last episode, Neil, but I actually got the name wrong in like the first five minutes. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. I, have no, I didn't notice. It, it really upset me. I, I, I was listening back to it and as I was kind of editing a few bits, I said um, drink, drink, share, pair, and it Every time I heard it, it really, really grated on me. So welcome to the Drink, Pair, Share podcast. Welcome to episode four. Uh, this is a special episode. Uh, you're joined by uh, your your two hosts, me, Johnny Brinson, and my co-host. Neil, Neil Armand. Here I am in the flesh. There we go. Look at that. It's almost like we rehearsed that. Um, we didn't. We should have. Um so uh, I, I said it was a special episode. That's because this is a a research ed sort of special. Um, something wonderful happened this weekend. Um, it, it was Johnny finally lost it. Everyone, he finally lost it. I've been telling him <laughs> for a long time. It's time you popped that cherry. And I've been, I've been <laughs> nervous about it. I've been scared. It's, like, did, it's you know it's it's a new, you know it's a new experience and you I know. didn't know I didn't know what to expect and you know I I'd heard some horror stories and I was just, I was just apprehensive but uh, you held my hand throughout the whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry, I was all oh, yeah. You stared at me for a whole hour all the way through it. So you know. <laughs> I did. I was silent while I just listened to your soothing voice. Absolutely. Um, and there, there were there were thousands of people there. Um, we're of course talking about uh, the Research Ed Conference in Cardiff. Um, at time of recording, we're, we're recording on Wednesday. Uh, Research Ed was on on Saturday, just gone, and um, it was it was also really special because we got to see each other for the first time since launching the podcast. We hadn't it was. It was we hadn't been face to face since since launch, so uh, it was a nice opportunity to to see you and um, see how 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 impressive your beard's gotten, really. Yeah, growing it out a little bit and see how. Yeah, especially you know we had snow today in Kent, so uh, I felt that it was a good move to keep the face a little bit warmer. Yeah, I was going to say I, I was freezing from the nose down, so uh, <laughs> uh, my 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 little stubble didn't 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 do it there, didn't do the job. Um, but yeah, we got to catch up in person, which was really nice. We obviously we did some education bits and pieces, which will break down. But we also uh, we also got to hang out, and uh, we had yeah. a great night afterwards um, in Cardiff. And uh, we got to meet we, the Tadape gang, the Thinking Deeply About Primary Education gang. Absolutely, big shout out to those guys. Um, you know, uh, we've we've already exchanged a few comments on Twitter, mainly mainly around um, vegan Kit Kats. I'm sure we'll find some time to talk about. We will. We, we don't want to give too much away right now, but uh, take that as a little tease. If you're like, "Oh, vegan Kit Kats, where's that going? Just, you have to stick around. Um, but before we go any further, before we jump into Research Ed and all the bits and pieces, we, we need to get the first part of the podcast out of the way, as per tradition. Um, so um, I have got a drink with me right here. I've got a lovely 
um, Hazy Jane AF. Nice. Um, one of my favorite brew dogs, and it's a nice alcohol-free version of that, so I can't complain. Uh, what have you got there with you? Unexciting for me is say it's a Wednesday. That's the day we're recording. I have a Pepsi, but I don't want to talk about the Pepsi because well, I guess we could, you know, what you prefer, Pepsi or Coke? Let's have that debate. Let's uh, diet, diet Coke all the way. See, very Pepsi Max fan. I, I I I don't wouldn't say no to a Pepsi Max. You know, if I'm in Subway or somewhere like that, you know, it's my only option. I, I'll take a Pepsi Max, but uh, no, I I am addicted to Diet Coke, and uh, it's it's disgusting how addicted I am actually. So, <laughs> well, yeah. If you have uh, thoughts about the Diet Coke Pepsi debate, let us know. What do you prefer, yeah, Diet Coke exactly. or Pepsi? Let's you know. Let's get this out. Exactly. Uh, yeah, get in touch. Um, but you said you didn't want to talk about Pepsi because no. there's another drink you wanted to give a shout out to. So, uh, so this is my second time going to Research Head Cardiff, and the first time after the conference, went to a nice little bar afterwards and had um, a beer called Barry Island, which obviously you know, big Gavin and Stacey fan, big beer fan. So the two things go well together. Um, I've only ever been able to find it in. Um, that one pub it's obviously you know, around London, never been able to see it. And so it was a delight to be back. It is a, it's a very common drink in, uh, in Cardiff, but also in South Wales, cause it's a, it's a brains own brand. There so it's, go. um, it's brains, the brewery, of course we're talking about, it's their only IPA that they make. Um, that's kind of, it's their kind of toe in the water of the craft beer world. Um, but any brains pub, the pub literally five minute walk from my house, Neil, does Barry Island on tap. There we go. Just haven't haven't put it across the border yet. So big shout out to the Barry Island IPA because I think it's a beautiful little, beautiful little beer. Well, there we go. If only you had one right now with you, uh, we'll yeah, imagine you do. I'll imagine. Yeah. Okay. Well, so pick up your imaginary Barry Island IPA and a quick cheers to you. Cheers to you. Wonderful. Okay. Um, so we're, the podcast can be a little bit different this week because obviously we're talking about all things Research Ed. Um, it's not going to be too serious. We're, we're obviously going to talk about um, our highlights from from the, the conference and some bits and pieces we took away. We hope it will be helpful, but don't worry, we'll keep it lighthearted as well. So don't feel we're going too off-piste. It's still a, still a light-hearted edu podcast. Um, but we just really wanted to... to shine a light on, on what a wonderful day we had so uh rather than how was your week we're going to talk about uh the conference um and i think uh you going first johnny might be a good idea on that one seeing as it was uh your first one so how was your first research ed conference yeah uh well to give you the sort of uh the overview the highlight um i i thought it was really inspiring i really yeah it's 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 not the first complete education conference I've been to, um, but I, I've only done one conference before, which it was music educators uh, specialists. So it was um, that was the um, music learning revolution um, in Manchester. That's run by Musical Futures. Uh, I went to that a few years ago and that was just as inspiring. But obviously that was all very specific to, to my subject. It was really nice experiencing a, an education conference that was more generic and and looking at education as a whole and looking at um you know different aspects of education um and i found it just yeah really really inspiring it was nice to see such a mix of primary and secondary teachers um and talks catering to both 
even though it was in Cardiff and obviously there was a lot of sort of panels aimed at the Welsh curriculum and all the, the changes happening there. I didn't feel excluded from that, even though I live in Cardiff, I still teach in the English um, secondary school system. So I didn't feel I, I missed out in any way. So I liked how they, they balanced that really well. Um, and it was just an awesome opportunity to network and meet new people. Obviously, you, you mentioned the guys from the, the what, what was the acronym you used for the podcast? Tadape. <laughs> Tadape, the Thinking Deeply About Primary Education That's podcast. I'll call it by its full name. Um, I'll be respectful. I'm not on, I'm not on short name uh, basis yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was nice to meet those guys and to, um, uh, to, to, yeah, to, to network and chat to other people who are just as passionate about education. I came away feeling kind of a little bit re-energized about teaching and I've already implemented some uh, different bits and pieces into my practice. Maybe we, nice. we'll talk about that in a moment. Definitely. And um, yeah, I really, I just, I found the whole thing to be super inspiring and I can't wait for the next one. Oh, well, obviously if you're around, I think the last weekend of March uh, up in Birmingham, come up. Oh no, I'm busy. <laughs> I, I'm <often laughs> not that soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, no, I'm not that sad. <laughs> well, I guess actually there's that there's that uh, interesting comment because obviously uh, some teachers would find the fact that you know we enjoyed spending a Saturday uh, at an education conference. Do you think that potentially there could be a workload concern? I guess if with all of this, if you think about you know, that side of it, yeah, I think I think it it totally depends on how you how you look at it. I didn't see it as anything to do with my job. Uh, I know it sounds odd because it's an education conference, but I didn't see it as, oh, I've got to go along to this thing for work. For me, it was, I'm passionate about this subject, uh, you know, education. Um, yes, it's my main career. And I want to better myself and learn more about it. And a Saturday is a good opportunity to do that because it means I'm fully rested because um, obviously it's not, starting at sort of a six o'clock get up for it it uh you know all kicked off sort of half nine ten and i didn't feel obliged to be there at all you know it, it's it's my choice to be there i i i think it's absolutely fine if it's just the odd saturday here and there um i think the moment an expectation comes in if mm-hmm. there's a you know well we want to we want to send teachers out on this conference or you know i expect you to go to this so you can feedback that's when there's an issue but Look, I'm an individual. I wanted to go to it, and uh, I didn't see it as any sort of pressure on my workload. I found it was actually a nice. Uh, it helped my workload. It helped me feel more passionate about it. Nice. What if to come back to what you said? What if your school had said, "Look, like you're going on this conference. It is a Saturday, but you know we'll give you a day in lieu back." Would you still be okay with that, or still a little bit? No, no, hundred percent. Yeah, it, it, you know, if it's give and take, isn't it? If it was, um, if it was, uh, look, this is part of your continuing professional development, and uh, we we really encourage you to go. We think it's going to be really useful. But you know, in return, say, you know, you either pick a day in the next half term that you you won't come in, or you know, whatever that on this Friday, this inset, you don't have to be there. Then yeah, hundred percent. Of course, it's a it's a give and take situation, and uh, and it's. Like I said, it's helping my continuous professional development. So why wouldn't I want to go along to something like that? Definitely. How do you feel? Because obviously that's a one-off for me. Yes, of course, I'm going to go to another one. But for you, it's it 
it's quite you go to quite a significant amount um just to make it clear neil is a guest speaker at these events um so whilst yes there's maybe more of an expectation for you to be there that's that's you that's you volunteering your time you know that's that's not no one's forcing you to do it how do you feel going to so many do you feel it adds on to your workload at all or do you are you similar to me you just really enjoy the experience yeah i'd say really enjoy the experience of it all it doesn't add to sort of my workload i'll write uh, a talk um and i'll just do that for the whole academic year so i know roughly when the first one is around september october time to have the talk ready for that and then i'll just kind of quote unquote tour that because i'm a rock star um you know around until summer and i'll spend the summer writing another one which is all kind of good fun forces you to you know not just rehash the same material you know not just greatest hits here you know we want to make sure they get the whole the whole album yeah exactly so and i say um i've had many an opportunity because of it um networking i know you know all sorts of uh interesting people from going to these things uh, it's a nice way actually then because you know fortunate that shannon likes doing these things as well it's what we enjoy as i say education at some point you know became a hobby for me not not a chore so quite fortunate that you know i work what i do and through that obviously i've become so passionate that it has become a hobby so yeah it's not a not a bother for me at all yeah and i think that that obviously that is a really lovely position to be in where it is a hobby and then that's your profession as well and the two complement each other um i'm under no illusion that you know not everyone's going to feel that way i certainly don't think of it in quite the same level as you do and i'm okay with that there's there's other things i i'd like to do with my free time you know in terms of music and and um (laughs) anything else But it's true, like at some points, like we've had conversations yeah. about like, I think it was either last, yeah, it must have been like last year when they were first back after COVID, like before we realised like we had about eight weekends in a row where it was either like a very heavy like amount of research ads and like a few other things. And then we realised, oh God, like throughout like, the whole summer term, which is all, like always a hard one just like we just don't have a weekend to ourselves like this is awful something needs to stop something needs to give yeah. so i think this year we are being a little bit more i want to say selective but just a, a bit more cautious about you know, the bigger picture you know we don't really want to have three or four weekends where we don't have at least one where it is just veg on the sofa and watch you know tv and stuff like that yeah you need that exactly and i think that goes for anything you know i am so passionate about going to see live music and gigs as you are you know it's something we've bonded over a lot in our in our youth and adulthood um but there's there's no part of me that wants to go to a gig every single weekend you yeah. know that's that's going to be exhausting I, I, you need that time for yourself so yeah it's it's important like you said to be cautious about that and uh and it's it's same with me so i you know i i gig with a with a functions band as well as working as a as a teacher um and looking at the calendar i think i've got about 21 different wedding bookings in this year and that's really hectic and there are some slots where i see like in in june i think or july every single weekend is taken up with it with a wedding booking and that's great for income but it is really exhausting even though i really enjoy it mm. it's uh it's really tiring so i'm 
I'm always cautious to make sure there's a there's a break here and there just to to give myself that time. Um, what about those people that maybe don't think about education in the same way and really enjoy teaching but don't want it to be their life? What would you say to them if they were thinking about going to something like a research ed or just had no clue about it? How would you encourage, uh, but also make sure you're realistic in, in your expectations of them attending something like this? What would you say? Oh, that's a good question. I think obviously you just you know, come to one. It's quite an. I say you've been there. It's, it's quite an informal environment. If you, you know, you go to one or two sessions and you really don't enjoy it, you know, you could leave and it's not like a typical conference where you might just be like, you know, someone takes you to your chair and you're like, you're stuck in that chair then for the rest of it. And it's like speaker comes out on like the stage and then like, you know, you applaud and then like speaker number two comes out. There's lots of moving to and froing at these events, going to sessions that you want to see. And I think that's what's um, quite powerful about them and I think that's a good way in it's just that it's not your school saying you need to go and you need to learn about ABC because it's uh, on our like academy school improvement plan like it's like oh I'm really interested in education um I've heard about this thing called retrieval practice we've had a bit of CPD and it's still like not entirely sure so oh look there's a couple of sessions about retrieval practice you know Tom Sherrington's talking there he's all right because I know you you know I've seen his name in the staff CPD library. Um, I'll go to that and see what happens. And then again, you know, any kind of, uh, and then once the uh, the whole schedules are published, I don't know, there must have been about 30 speakers, I imagine, across the day. So like we could, about four, four, five. Yeah, so there were six sessions, sessions, six yeah. sessions and, uh, and a choice of five for each yeah. session. Yeah, so 30 things to choose from. Obviously, you're not compelled to go to all of them. So you could... You know, choose what you wanted to and if there's nothing that uh, you fancied at the last session you know leave early so I think that's if there's something there that you're passionate about or you know you're remotely interested in um, you know definitely go to it or you know it might be the catalyst that means you know you go to a session on the off chance um, you know and that's where you hear like a nice little golden nugget of information that you know radically uh, you know changes your practice and stuff like that so yeah always worth going to one if you don't like it you never have to you can leave and never have to go to one again yeah exactly and um i think one other nice thing about it for me as kind of i guess a novice to these sort of things was um i went i chose my sessions um one based obviously on who your friends are (laughs) yeah i went to see your (laughs) session uh which we'll get onto in a moment and i went to see shannon's session so yeah i i mean i picked my sessions based on uh, uh, things that I was interested in. So I, I had a look at the, the, the things on offer and, um, and yeah, I think I, I went to one on, on coaching. Um, I went to another one on uh, creating like a, a, a culture for, for teachers to thrive. Um, and then uh, another one on classroom attention. These are all just things that stood out to me. And um, you get like a, a title of the session and then a little abstract to, as to what what's on offer in the session. And I went along and what I really liked was um, those three sessions in particular, because I knew the speakers at the other ones that I went to. I didn't know who these speakers were. I'd never met them before, never, never followed them on Twitter or read any of their work before. And then I went away with three new Twitter accounts that I that I now follow and 
Um, I've sort of engaged with lots of the research they've done and uh, and different things that they're talking about and tweeting about. And um, yeah, that's opened up, you know, a, a whole world of ideas into my own practice um, that I wouldn't have had had I not just gone along to these sessions. Yeah. And obviously what's quite nice as well, if you do like the look of one session, but it clashes with something, that's a, yeah. if you do go to another one, you know, people... You know, tend to speak at multiple events um so i know you were particularly uh frustrated that tom sherrington uh clashed with me you know he will be at other ones so if you're you know desperate to go and see him uh you know those opportunities are still there which i think is always quite exactly or if i wanted to experience yours again because i enjoyed it that much, it that then much. I, I just realized gosh yeah you know it's my job to teach kids reading comprehension and you know should definitely be doing some of that exactly and my feelings after your session neil is it's not a skill it's definitely not it's a, a skill. it's a it, it's a knowledge base it's a knowledge based thing it's thing. uh lots and lots of tiny molecules and atoms of knowledge that come together seamlessly to create these this impersonation that these generic skills exist but really yeah which I, it, it, it's one of those things having been through i don't know really if you could call our education growing up as a secondary when we were in secondary school quote-unquote skills based I don't really remember enough but I certainly remember enough about going through like English language and like English like looking through books particularly in like drama where it's like I like don't really understand like where this metaphor is coming like from and like how this works together and it was just kind of clear that I was just missing and it's not because I, I lacked a skill in understanding metaphor it's just I lacked a little bit of knowledge of yeah, maybe it was like the time period that we were studying over there that the book was set in or something like that. So, yeah, it makes you reflect on, maybe that's an episode for uh, later on, reflecting on our past education, knowing that we are now educators. <laughs> I think that would be a really amazing thing. We could break down maybe some <clears throat> sort of highlights of subjects from school and uh, and maybe some some not-so-highlights from school um, I'm not scared to name the teachers now. Oh. What are they going to do? <laughs> well, they live nearer you than me, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, they will find <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> I still see some of them anytime I go home. Um, yeah, that sounds great. So yeah, in terms of an overview of research, Ed, if you've never been to one before, speaking from a first timer, um, I would highly recommend it. If you're if you're passionate about trying to improve as a teacher, and I, I'm a firm believer of you can never stop improving you know whether you're one year two year ten years in there's always room for that sort of development um and if you still still feel that sort of hunger to to succeed and improve then this is a really great way to to be able to do that and to also meet other like-minded people that that feel the same way um and from a perspective of a speaker at these things and someone that's been to many many neil um it seems like you're still passionate about them and still see the value of them yeah i think i've got four four or five more so far in the diary um and obviously, if there's any research ed organizer that uh, feels that reading comprehension is an important thing, then get in touch and I'm sure we can make it work. Or if there's any sort of research ed organizer that loves the idea of a, a live recording of a wellbeing podcast uh, <laughs> aimed at teachers, absolutely, you know, it's us up. We're, 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 we're really keen. 
Okay, let's let's move on then and talk about uh, maybe some highlights from from the conference. Um, so we've talked a lot about this kind of overview of it, how it worked, what it was, who was there. We've we've name dropped a couple of people, um, but I'm curious to know, Neil, as obviously someone that's been to many many of these, did you still feel you came away with at least one thing that really stood out to you? And if so, what was that thing? Yeah, I always do to on every conference that I go to. Um, so I had a bit of a theme for the morning, which was going through um, reading. So anyone who had a talk with reading, um, I went to see, uh, particularly the talk by uh, Rob Randall was pretty uh, inspiring for me, not because necessarily the, the the content was new, but just really to appreciate what the, the landscape uh, with regards to children learning to read English is like. Uh, in Wales and kind of hearing some of the stories about you know knowing what I know about what the research says effective reading instruction is particularly when you're you know, younger versus what the curriculum for Wales um, is kind of telling teachers is best practice it kind of makes me a little bit apprehensive I think for perhaps um, you know children who are going to school in Wales um, so yeah something really to kind of keep an eye on and just be interested to see because there's no so in england we have like the phonic screening check which just basically checks their code knowledge do they understand which uh sounds have been represented by these particular spellings and such a thing doesn't exist in uh wales so it's quite an interesting one to see well how are we making sure that you know, curriculum, if they believe curriculum for Wales will be effective in teaching children how to read, you know, how are they actually monitoring that effectively in a way? And I mean, when I say the reading, I mean, like the decoding level, the lifting the words off the page. And it just kind of struck me that perhaps, you know, obviously fortunate that mum and dad obviously, you know, read to me and all of that kind of thing. Just, yeah, how fortunate it was to grow up in Wales and, you know, being able to read and, you know, how many people are actually in you know, our year in school actually just really good at maybe, you know, masking the fact that they couldn't read, you know, that fluently. So, yeah, that's what I came away with. What about you, Johnny? Um, well, first of all, yeah, I t- totally agree with what you said, and that is interesting. And I think uh, for maybe those that aren't aware of what's happening with the Welsh curriculum, it, it is undergoing a quite a transformational change. Um, and... I, I, even though I don't teach within that curriculum, nor have I ever taught within it, as a learner um, who experienced the Welsh curriculum, you know, as it was 20 years ago and 10 years ago and so on, um, <clears throat> more than 10 years ago, God, I'm older than that. <laughs> yeah. um, I, st- I still feel like I care about it. And I'm sure you must feel the same way of, even though you probably don't have any plans t- soon to go and teach in a Welsh primary, I still have this real um yeah this real need for it to, to work out for for welsh people and um you know part of the reason i moved back to wales is because how much i love this country and how how, how much i missed um welsh people and i want to make sure education works well yeah. um, there so i i definitely found the conference was a nice interesting way of of getting to grips with what the changes are and you know how to navigate that and uh and it's still early days so we'll see what the what the outcomes will be but uh 
yeah, so really interesting. But in terms of in terms of a highlight for me, um, I really, really enjoyed my my second session um, that I went to, which was all on the um, the science of um, attention in the classroom. Yeah, so the session was called The Surprising Science of Classroom Attention, and it was led by Andrew Watson. Um, hadn't heard of Andrew before, but he's a, he's a, an American teacher, um, but really, really engaging, really entertaining. He had the perfect, I, I, you know, what I would describe as the perfect sort of charisma for being a teacher. He was incredibly knowledgeable, um, but had a really good sense of humor about him, but he really held the room. So it was always really interesting kind of just take a moment to step out and think about what was actually happening in the session because he was really gripping our attention whilst talking about attention. And mm. um, so every now and then I was thinking, you know, what's he actually doing, you know, to do this? And sometimes he'd pause the session and say, the reason I've just showed you this slide is because of this thing I've been talking about. And he would kind of unpick the science of it a little bit. And I found that really interesting. Um, so he kind of talks about, you know, how can we keep learners engaged in the classroom and particularly uh, in terms of secondary education, um, I'm sure you have the same in primary, but, you know, I, I've certainly had lessons on either a Monday morning where I've got year nine first thing or Friday afternoon where I've got year eight and uh, their attention isn't always uh, exactly where I'd love it to be in, a, in an ideal world. And he's talking about maybe more of the kind of science behind that and not necessarily not necessarily thinking either they don't care or I'm boring or, you know, whatever the normal generic things we go to in terms of behavior or attention, but maybe thinking of it more as a science. And he kind of highlighted it in the three key areas. And this this has already really shaped a lot of changes I've made this week uh, in, in my own classroom. So he, he splits it, uh, attention into uh, alertness. Yeah. So how, you know, when, when, when they're in the session, how active are they? Are they are they moving about lots? Are they really still? Are they kind of sloth like? You know, what's their alertness level like? And he um, he says he always kind of um, assesses that as they enter the classroom, and he'll adjust accordingly if he feels they're coming in feeling a bit feeling a little bit slower than usual, feeling a little bit more kind of dragging their heels. He might do something really sort of engaging to get them uh, up to the right sort of alertness level. Uh, he talks about uh, executive attention. So not necessarily, you know, if uh, there's a big difference between a student not getting the answer right because they didn't listen and they don't care and they don't really want to be there. And maybe a student that didn't get the answer right, but the method was correct or the opposite of where their 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 thinking of the method was right but they missed one key detail which meant that the outcome wasn't what what was expected so it was actually it's you know it's that classic reducing cognitive load you know and trying to trying to make sure that the, the the thing that's moving into that long-term memory we're not overloading students with that and uh he kind of talks about making sure their attention is uh in the right place of the of the method and the aim of the lesson um, and then the last thing is orienting. And I found this particularly interesting. My classroom is a nightmare for this. So he talks about sometimes students might be, you know, really uh, full, you know, fully good intentions, lovely sort of behaved kids, no issues. 
but they're struggling to orient their attention and making sure it's on the right thing. And that might be an error on my part. That might be that my slide is too confusing or mm -hmm. there's too many things going on, it's too busy. Maybe my classroom displays are too busy and I'm not making it very clear where they need to be looking. Or it can be that, we've said it before, a wasp has just flown in the room and therefore I've got no chance of them understanding the theory of the chord progression that I'm putting on the board because there's a wasp in the room and their attention has been oriented somewhere else. So he kind of looks at those three aspects of attention and breaks down the science of it. And then it doesn't necessarily go, here are the ways you can combat it, but it was more about changing your thinking towards attention. Mm -hmm. And here are ways you can think about these areas. And I guess down to us as specialists to, to put strategies in place to to combat that in the classroom if we're having issues and I, I just found that really really interesting yeah embracing the chaos of a wasp in the classroom i found has been a lot easier than trying to deflect from it just like embrace the chaos for two or three minutes because it's just that it's yep. just that that natural like flight or fight response system kicking in so like embrace it go with it i find actually gets them back on task quicker than trying to you know divert their attention somewhere else exactly and you know today perfect example snow day it was it was snowing really heavily today my classroom there are loads of windows in my classroom this is one challenge i have with it in terms of attention there's always pe lessons outside there's you know there's planes going past in the sky there's all sorts and and the, the windows are all around so it's it's it is really distracting i find it distracting sometimes um but the moment it starts snowing there's no way i'm going to get them all to ignore that's happening and focus on me instead you've got to give them that two minutes of yes it's really exciting there's snow go have a look at it and now we now we focus because we're over it before it was a really windy day on one of the bins off on the playground and blown over <laughs> and it started rolling past my classroom. Gone, gone. I'd be gone. I'd be like, guys, look what's going on over there. It's really funny. Exactly. So I, I knew in that moment, I had year nine, I'm, I, they need to look at this bin rolling past. So I just sung a very quick verse of They See Me Rolling, no. um, let it go past, and uh, everyone had a good time, and then we were back on task. So, yeah, it's, it's, in, it's embracing those moments and... Uh, again that's a strategy to 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 deal with that and then to deflect them back to where they should be orienting their attention back um on that sort of note he, he put this tweet up on the on the projector which he from from another education researcher and um he was like oh this is just something i i really i really love looking at now and then and it was this guy who tweeted saying today in uh, today in my lecture a spider had started to descend from the ceiling on a web very, very slowly. And my students managed the urge to look at it and just carried on watching exactly what I was showing them. And they didn't say a word. That's how good my classroom management is. And then below it, he says, I'm joking. It was chaos until I got rid of the spider. <laughs> and like, and it, you know, it's spot on. It's a, uh, yeah. Classroom attention is, is an interesting one. And, Again, I didn't think of it as a science maybe before, um, but now there, there's a lot of ways of thinking about it. And I, I've been able to really 
jump in this week and and be all over that and uh it's yeah it's been interesting to see the results actually nice oh, that's really good and obviously the important part of this is that you're putting into practice what was said you know that's where the impact of these events really come into their own it's not just going there and writing some notes in a book and sitting on it you know putting it into practice and trying things out and adapting as necessary sure absolutely uh, any other sort of key takeaways for you from from it? Uh, let's open this up. It, it doesn't have to be about uh, research ed Cymru. It could be any sort of research ed or edu conference you've been to. Anything that's really stood out in the past that you've you've really taken away and put into your practice, or would recommend other people look into. Gosh, like the first like four that I went to, <laughs> it was just like so. I must have been going into research ads when they were relatively newish, maybe like 2017-ish, where I was you know, starting to get interested in education, just mean like more about what my job is. And just, you know, the idea that there is like a working memory that can be easily overloaded and that it's limited in terms of its you know time in which it can keep things in there and the capacity with which it can, you know, maintain at one point you know that kind of stuff was like really like new to me and i was like well yeah obviously like that's so important and understanding like how like knowledge like or like long-term memory is really important um and how you know you know what is the purpose of schooling well it's to you know build that bank of knowledge in the in their long-term memory you know we can't uh you know we want them to be critical thinkers you know great communicators you know all of those things that you know private sector companies come out every you know year and say these are the top 20 skills that we need from like the future of the workforce and it's like well you don't get those by like teaching like these things directly like you can only be a really good communicator if you actually know a lot about the thing that you're trying to communicate like about and then like think about that it's like oh it's no wonder that you know we we're trying to work on your communication skills like why is why you're not communicating it was just because well you're the person who knows least about this topic so like of course you're not going to communicate things well then what i don't need to give you is um you know communication interventions or teach you how to be a good communicator i need to teach you to have enough stuff about the things that I actually want you to, want you to communicate with, and it's just kind of, yeah, real kind of minute ideas like that, and things like you know, oh, it's here, we can just like Google it and all of that kind of thing. You know, those ideas, you know, very quickly went out of my head and just like you know, completely changed the way that I thought about teaching. Which you know, I was a bit annoyed that it took me five years of being a classroom teacher for like to actually been like you know, and I think that's quite the interesting thing, like quite a lot. And I don't know what it was like for you because obviously you did your PGC a little bit later uh, than I did my BA. But like lots of things that you hear at Research Ed, you know, sometimes are counter to some of the messages that I certainly had during my teacher training in terms of, you know, what we should be doing and, and things like that. Oh, 100 percent. And but that's I guess that's that's a good thing. It means it means in that 10 year, 13 year window that education has moved on. And that's what you hope to see. Um you know, it's like those people that study medicine, isn't it? Isn't it a, a well-known thing that by the time you finish your medical degree, 
half, if not, you know, a majority of what you learned in your first year is already obsolete. Oh, it's, didn't know that. Hadn't heard it before. Makes sense, though. We'll have to get uh, our friend Brendan on to, to confirm that he's a doctor. Shout out to Brendan. Uh, he's not listening. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's a good thing. Um, but I certainly have you know, noticed that as well. Uh, not everything, but there are some key things that were either a whole training session was dedicated to it or it was something we were having to like a standard that we're, we're trying to sort of demonstrate in our observations that actually now would never be asked of, of people. Uh, you know, one of the, the things that stands out to me is the idea of multiple intelligences. Um, that was that was a, a big part of one of my training sessions mm-hmm. about you know how, yeah I, I still remember writing because we always had to write a summary of the training session I still to this day remember writing up the summary of going right in music this is how I'm going to be catering for my visual learners and here's how I'm going to be catering to the kinetic learners and kinesthetic learners sorry and um, you know it, it's amazing that 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 was a very serious thing that you need to think about and consider. And, and now we've moved on from that and realize actually, no, it's, it's what a load of nonsense. Um, yes. People may have preferred methods of I'm learning. Always but that, a video. <laughs> no one's going to say. Yeah, that. exactly. But that, that doesn't mean I can't access the, the knowledge because I prefer watching a video. You know, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, it's a preference really rather than uh than an exact science and yeah i think it's interesting how education has moved on and and as it should and i and i hope i'm never in the at the point where i don't want to move along with it yeah um and you you we all know those teachers i'm sure we all work with those teachers um that are very much just looking at retirement don't want to have to embrace anything new and that could be a challenge for for leaders uh, especially if they you know, if they do produce results and uh, and so on, it, it can be um, definitely a, ch- a challenge. But um, I just I just hope I never am one of those. I hope I I <laughs> sack it off before I get to that point. You know? <laughs> Who knows? Okay, well, we've kind of given an overview of research. Ed, we talked about specific highlights, and you know, sort of looked back at maybe some previous ones for Neil as well. Uh, it wouldn't be a, a drink pair share podcast if we didn't have some lightheartedness. Um, not that any of this has been too heavy, no. to be honest. But uh, I always want to to make sure listeners have a little bit of fun as well as take away some nuggets of information. So um, I. Um, I still would love to do some would you rather's because that's become quite a regular feature of our podcast. Um, but I thought we'd make it maybe uh, research ed specific. Nice. So, yeah, so I, I was thinking um, as I was, um, uh, I was about to say zoning out of your presentation, then that is an awful <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I'm, that's the cold I mean, drop. As I, was kind of, as I was just like thinking, He's not very good. I don't know what. The, I, I don't like, know. What. I wonder if it's. Too, <laughs> I wonder if it's too late to catch Tom Sheridan. Yeah, um, if I left, would he know? <laughs> would he know it <laughs> from this front row yeah. seat? Just, um, just going to the loo, Neil. No. I'll, I'll I'll be back. Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, sorry. I didn't mean as I was in it. I meant like as I was kind of watching and thinking about other things. Um, no, I joke. Look, it's I was fine. able to tell no, you. Mind I, I didn't direct your attention you what... well enough. It's good feedback for me. 
well you didn't have the sight you, yeah you didn't orient me yeah. in the right place uh, there, there was a wasp in the room nearly it was it's, and then it started snowing yeah. it was chaos um no I, I i of course listened to your session but i was thinking what would you know is there any kind of would you rathers i could i could offer neil in the, about this sort of scenario of him presenting to you know you had you had a for the first session of the day you had a good good size audience yep. in in that room. room um so uh yeah big shout out to anyone that did come and see neil um shout out to my friend jenna um who is a an, a listener of the podcast so i know she will be listening and she she came along for the for neil's session at the beginning um and she's a wonderful teacher in wales so big shout out to jenna um and yeah in terms of would you rathers um i thought would you rather in that sort of scenario prepare it was a 40 minute presentation you had to prepare and it, it could have been an hour presentation really you know you, you had to speed through lots yep. of it so imagine all the work you put into preparing that presentation getting those slides getting the research putting it all getting the lovely diagram of the the rope yeah you know piecing it together all that sort of stuff Imagine you put in all the time, all the effort, made, made, got the Airbnb booked, <laughs> came all the way down, and then you stood up to deliver the session and no one turned up. Would you rather that, or would you rather just before your, you uh, leave your wonderful talk, someone goes, sorry, Neil, we really need you to fill in on the next talk. Um, mm -hmm. The slides are on the screen. Um, there's no speaker notes. Uh, it's just the slides, um, but uh, you know, you you know what you're talking about with education. If you wouldn't mind just delivering the next session for us, we'd really appreciate it. Oh. So, would you mind no one turning up to the hard work you've put in, or having to jump into a 40 minute presentation when you have no idea what it's about? Would I rather? I think honestly, I'd rather the first. I wouldn't mind either, but in terms of what I'd rather, I'd rather the first one, um, purely because of these things. There's always someone that you want to go and see, and you can't go and see them because you're talking. So it's like, well, that's great. I can just go to the one that I really wanted to go to. And then, obviously, with the if I, especially if I had to deliver someone else's presentation, um, it wouldn't really be fair on the people who then came to see that one to see some. You know, I'm sure they'd get, but depending on what the subject is, you know, obviously. <laughs> um, they might get something, but not as much as they would otherwise. So, yeah, I think the kind thing to do would be to, you know, go and see the person that I really wanted to see. If it was like, uh, can you do another one for us? Then I was like, yeah, you know, I've got like four of these on my memory stick or like in the cloud somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, which one? Which one do you fancy? But no, nah, definitely no one turn up. And I think, you know, I have had rooms where it's like six or like seven people have turned up it's like no you know they've come to show you so sure spelling not a very popular topic i've worked out <laughs> oh really yeah and i was like i thought honestly thought that would be the one that like caters to everyone like spelling is like important everywhere like everyone surely must be interested in spelling but no it was not the but they're not not the most popular um audiences that i've had if you're interested in spelling, do get in touch. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Let me know, please, <laughs> because you know uh, we, we would love to, we'd love to have you on. Um, at, well, I wouldn't. Maybe maybe when I'm off sick one week, you can get someone else. <laughs> um, I I would love the challenge of having to deliver uh, a session where I I didn't know what it was on. Um, I definitely had to like cover a lesson before where the slides are there and 
they might be speaker notes, but they're like bullet points. So I have no idea what the elaboration of yeah. those bullet points are meant to be. And I've just had to kind of, you know, do a lot of, well, what do you guys think? You know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoon feed this all to you. I'm just going to, I'm going to hand it over to my audience. What what do you, what do you think this picture might mean? Um, I, I, I would like the challenge of it, I think. Um, but it would be terrifying at the same time. Okay. Right, you 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 go. Would you rather uh, QE High, so our secondary schools, Jam Roly Poly, or Cardiff <laughs> High School's Welsh Cakes? That is a very good one, and that is research ed themed as well. Uh, I yeah. like that. Um, I think you managed eight, didn't you, Johnny? And I think I got nine. I think I just picked you to the post. Yeah, you you did a sneak attack <laughs> and um, you took a ninth one without telling me. Um, so that if you weren't at the conference Saturday, they they had some extraordinary Welsh cakes. Um, apparently, I heard down the down the sort of the grapevine that they made eight hundred Welsh cakes. Um, there there was there was more than enough to go around. I I could I could have taken dozens home with me um and they were good and we started the day with a couple of welsh cakes and then it kind of picked up any break we had and then me and neil kept count of how many we were having and then it got stupid but uh just unhealthy really we, yeah yeah you know it, it wasn't great um i'm just really glad that school was quite big and there was a lot of walking yeah. up and down stairs um there was a lot of burning of calories um but in terms of your question it has to be the jam roly poly i'm sorry right. you know we we made this very clear mm-hmm. in 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 the previous episode where we talked about this that jam roly poly at kiwi high i don't know what kind of crack cocaine they were putting in that <laughs> but it it was just on another level yeah and i i've never had a jam roly poly like it since I, you know i've had so you can go and buy the lovely tesco finest jam roly poly you're heated up in the oven and you add some custard to it not the same, not the same. it's it's not on the same level I, I don't know what they did or who did it um but we'd love to have you on so if you, if <laughs> you, you were the chef at QEI between 2004 and 2011 get in touch bring some jam roly poly with you send in some jam roly poly you know we'll yeah or or if you're listening and you think you could make a better jam roly poly send us I'll jam roly poly yeah yeah I'll, I'll happily be the judge of that i'll uh or if you know if you're a baker and you you want a free some free advertising, just send it over. Send in the jam um, poly. But yeah, the other reason that I I would choose the jam poly is because yes, the Welsh cakes were good. I, I'm not knocking them at all. They they were great. I wouldn't have had so many otherwise. But um, I've had better Welsh cakes. Um, I'm going to do a, a plug here for anyone that lives in South Wales or the Cardiff area or is not too far away. If you're ever going into Cardiff, check out fabulous Welsh cakes. There's a there's a shop. They got two. There's one in the bay, one in town. It's in uh, Duke Street Arcade, I think. Um, if not, it's the next one, or maybe Castle Arcade. But in one of the ones opposite the castle, and in the bay, um, they're they're kind of a few doors down from D Club. If you can find that, um, they do the most phenomenal Welsh cakes. And Neil, you would have tried one actually because they did our wedding favors. And they were very nice. Uh, not mine and Neil's wedding, <laughs> just to make <laughs> they it. Did our wedding. Oh, <laughs> surprise, <Yes>. everyone! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, that we're still planning that. Yeah. Um, yeah no. Uh, if you if you had the Welsh cakes at my at my wedding, I don't know if you if you tried those or took those away. Yeah, they, they were they really were, good. They were made by fabulous Welsh cakes. Good to know. Um, and uh, they do 
different flavors all the time. So if you pop in, they've always got three flavors on sale. They're always so fresh that you have them when they're warm. They're nice. like, they're hot nice. as you have them. And they're literally making them in front of you. Um, the flavors that I had for, for my wedding, just to put in context, we had, um, I think just traditional, just, you know, obviously you've got to have the traditional in there. Then we had peanut butter, um and then the other one i believe was white chocolate um and honestly some of the ones they do are unbelievable every time i go in there's different ones being made um and you can buy 12 for five pounds something like that um yeah highly recommend fabulous welsh cakes so i'm sorry cardiff high school you did a brilliant job and i appreciate all the catering and everything you did but uh it's not it's not on the same level i'm afraid um fair enough fair enough well, obviously, this has been a bit of a, you know, a different episode, a special episode. And uh, I think we, we've kind of said everything we want to say about Cardiff uh, Research Ed Cymru. Um, I, I really recommend anyone that, that's toying with the idea of some sort of edu conference, trying to find opportunities to better your practice. Maybe, maybe actually you find it quite difficult to engage with different bits of literature and you, you like TED Talks and you like watching, you know, sort of different speakers, go along to a conference because you'll come away with a bag full of ideas for the classroom. Um, and I find it super inspiring. And you get to see amazing speakers like Neil. Um, and also want to do a special shout out to Shannon as well. Um, Neil's better half, who uh did a, a very, very inspiring talk on uh on teacher development which mm. is which is her area of expertise and um as someone that really cares about teacher development and teacher well-being hence the podcast um i just i thought she was incredibly inspiring in in terms of the the models that she's implemented into her academy trust and uh yeah so big shout out to shannon doherty if you haven't uh seen some of the stuff she's on about follow her on twitter um also shout out to matt stone for the most incredible slides <laughs> i have ever seen in a i have heard that these are quite legendary i wasn't at matt's session, I, but he, every like he, bit of feedback is just like the slide deck was just insane yeah and he's been really generous he shared them for free online nice. um so uh yeah follow matt and uh and check out his slides he's made them available um but yeah, any any final thoughts in terms of research ed for you, Neil, before before we go? Only that uh, little trip down memory lane at this particular one because uh, the lunch baguettes, nothing wrong with that. But I'm pretty certain like it was the same caterers of the baguettes that when we were there. So that was quite nice. That classic chicken tikka baguette that you were was always an option. And of course, you know, going back full circle, it was the same uh infrastructure for how to pay it we tried our fingers didn't run the machine <laughs> unfortunately they didn't recognize it but it was a nice little trip down our kind of education like, yeah if it, it felt because uh, uh cardiff uh high school's got kind of got this old building and then a, a new build that's sort of attached to it and it was very much like the two worlds we experienced at school put together yeah. um so neil and i uh we won't go into the specifics now, but we had a very old building for a few years and then a brand new modern one built for a sixth form. So yeah, it felt, it did feel to me like going back to school a little bit and to be there with you as well. It, uh, it made it feel even more like school. Um, if only we could have gone into the music department and started jamming some green day, 
and then it would have really felt like school but uh worn our school uniforms a bit of acdc-esque style as well yeah, nice. <laughs> i think actually one thing that does need to be said is that uh, a lot of the the helpers at research ed were you know the kids who dedicated their time um really helpful really friendly really polite they, they did uh kind of high proud and just representing the school on a saturday yeah, absolutely. Big up the six formers of Cardiff Park. I'm sure they've got like 10 UCAS points for that or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll write a reference yeah. for your UCAS application. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you very much for, for tuning into a slightly different episode. We hope you found it useful. If you okay. didn't, well, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, tough because we enjoyed it and it's what we wanted to talk about. But come back next week where we'll have another podcast with some would you rather, some maybe some horror stories send us your horror stories i i put a tweet out this week um i want people to get in touch any sort of ridiculous story either from yourself or from a colleague or someone that you used to know millions of years ago it's all anonymous we just want to have a laugh about teaching and uh, and try and lighten people's days a little bit so get in touch with us on Twitter, I can be followed at Johnny Brinson, J-O-N-N-Y-B-R-I-N-S-O-N. And Neil, you are? Uh, at Mr. Underscore Armand Ed, A-L-M-O-N-D-E-D. Capital E, capital T. Um, so, yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Leave a review. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts if you listen us that way. Um, we really appreciate all the lovely, all the lovely feedback we receive. So, Absolutely. take care. Take care. Have mate. a good one, and see you later. See you soon. Ooh.